Arrivederci. He means bonjour. Of course he does, because of course this week we're talking all French style. Bonjour, mon petit chiffleur. <laughs> John, what is it about the French that compelled us to make a podcast about them? Well, I don't know, Joe. Just off the top of my head, how about Fantomas and Judex, Serge Gansberg, Michel Ponoreff, the cartoons of Sempe, Udizo and Franquin, lovely dinners, lovely wine, lovely ladies, the Languedoc, we'll always have Paris, excellent werewolf stories, Alençon being uh, twinned with Basingstoke, the French mistake, about 20% of the language, symbolist painting, housing modernist writers in exile, a surprising interest in fresh bread and fancy knickers, gamines, Jean-Paul Belmondo, just out of bed hair. Did you mention baguettes? I think that comes under the uh, umbrella of General fresh breads. bread. Yeah, I think we're good. I think we're sorted for bread. Uh, Charles de Gaulle. Is he great? Uh, he's very famous. He's got a good profile. He's got an airport. Yeah, okay. Well, let's stick him in. Stick him in. Pompidou Centre. Pompidou Centre. I mean, there's a lot going on. The Louvre. The, the Mona Lisa. Well, she's technically speaking not French. I found out today the Louvre. Yeah. Uh, was built in about the 10th century as a defence against Viking raids. And to this day, it could be said that it doesn't do anything of the sort. No. It's actually a big, giant art gallery. It's got a lot, slightly different function. Though. Slightly different function, yeah. slightly fewer Vikings. But that's a sort of brilliant fact that I have at my disposal. Yeah. Are these Vikings as in... I'm just I'm trying to get my dates right here. You know how I'm a, I'm a bit the, of a The day you manage to get one of your dates right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I can get the dates. I can't finish the dates. Oh, well, it's a sorry look out for ladies everywhere. It's a dance as old as time. Yeah. Uh, back to the Vikings. <laughs> the Vikings settled in the north of France and became the Normans. That's exactly right. So I'm wondering if it was the Norma- a Norman onslaught on the Louvre. No. Because no one called Normans ever been led into the Louvre. It would have been the, the, the Normans would have been descendants of the Viking raiders. Yeah. But gentrified Vikings. Yeah. French Vikings. Vikings. Vikings with Galois. Imagine. And nice shoes. kind of Viking. You know. Speaking of nice Fancy shoes, are we going to do the, the clothing check? I was going to say, I'm admiring your shirt. It's uh, I'm not saying it's French per se. It's more of a, a cowboy theme. But that you know, I think Serge Gainsbourg would have got away with some such apparel. Is it actually natural fibres? Yeah, it's a natural fibre. What do you think? Just it's, it's, it's got quite a sheen to it. It's just because I'm sweating hard. That's it. Yeah, it's, That's not, it. it's not a breathable fabric. It's cotton. For those of you on the, who are listening to this, um, as opposed to watching, which I imagine is all of you, yeah, uh, John's wearing a very pillar box red shirt with some. Western detail atop each. Pearlescent buttons, full brocade. Indeed. That's how I roll. You could take a bullet on one of those. I think I could. I might. Um, (laughs) I I like the fact that both of us, in sort of deference to uh, Serge Gansberg, uh, are wearing little white shoes. Uh, Serge always used to wear little uh, white ballet pumps, like yours. Yeah. This is the best I could do, because obviously I I need support support for my... uh, Various just areas. Fallen spurs, there. is that? Yeah. It's, it's is that me- it? It's a mess down there. Yeah. It's a mess. I have hammer toes, though. Uh, well, I have flat feet, so, you know. I, I have high arches. We're now being competitive about bad feet. Yeah. Flat foot and high arches. Yeah. It sounds like a, a wonderful girl. <laughs> it's no, a 70s yeah. buddy boot. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about of a kind of girl's comic. <laughs> um, flat foot and high arches. Okay, so we're talking about feet. I don't know why. Peditaire. Uh, um... We're talking about feet because, frankly, most French people have two of them. Uh, yeah. yeah. N'est-ce pas? Une droite et une gauche. <laughs> Although, Guess which one of us is gauche on, in this particular yeah, scenario. Well, see, see if you can Which guess. one's the droite? 
Um, Some others want. Terrible cold. Um, basically, the French, <laughs> like a lot of nations, on average, per capita, have slightly less than two feet. Right. Of what? Of anything. Yeah. Bony protuberances at the end of their um, ankles. Austerity is a French word, you know? Austerity? Possibly. I made that up. Fraternity? Just to get out this whole bit about shoes <laughs> I don't want to talk about anymore. Speaking of austerity, let's keep it tight. Right, so what I'm going to be doing, Joe... Yes. Because I know you're all about finding out what John's going to be doing. Well, this I'll tell you. Well, you are a self-confessed, over and over again, Francophile. I, I won't stop saying it. You won't stop saying I it? I mean, there was a lot of dead air there for a few seconds, I, was trying I to remember, won't stop saying it. I was trying it. to remember what it was that you were over and over again. I would be a Francophone. Not a Francophile. Oh, also one of those I've got two passports I went to school with a Francophile <laughs> that's actually plausible <laughs> it checks out it checks out the story checks out um, what I'm going to be doing because uh, yeah. I don't know if you know or if you cast your mind back to some of the things we've done previously remember that wood one we did um, it's, it's, a, it's a vague blip on my memory but yes right. I have some notion we, of it we did a podcast on, on, on wood yeah, and I was definitely there you were definitely there I remember you um, at the, certainly at the start it you'd gets a bit hazy you'd remember me anywhere go on um, we did some wood facts and where you came with proper wood facts that's right I made up a load of silly nonsense oh, it's all coming back to me yeah, now yeah yeah I don't know how I managed to specify that particular episode but yes I remember it but silly nonsense well on this occasion I thought well I'll do some I'll do some French facts and fancies you being such a francophone being a, a, and a francophile francophile he's a lovely fella he should have kept in touch francophone not so keen on phone me phone me Frank yeah francophone you come know. see come some very good you just effortlessly deployed it there um, seamlessly I'm going to be doing some French facts and fancies and fancies yes throughout the course of the podcast a fancy is a little palate cleanser to some of the, the harsher facts about it's it. like a sorbet yeah yeah Amuse um, Bush. So I'm going to do the first one here. Go, shoot. Um, oh, I don't know which one to do now. They're all so fabulous. I'd start at number one. Okay, good choice. Uh, number one. The letter W only appears in foreign words in French. Double V? That's in the French. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this, is this actually, have we, have we got some verification? I, I, actually, I actually took to, to, to social media yeah. to get verification on this from my various French-speaking friends. And yeah, apparently it's true. So, uh, and they're famously not kids. So like they've got le weekend and things like yeah, that. Yeah, but that's borrowed from that's borrowed. English. And they don't all of it because if you look at it, the, the name William is a French name, and it's, but originally it's Guillaume. They so they replace like everything with G's. Not V's even. Not even V's. That's well, that's not the thing. A lot of the W's that we have in our language yeah. come from the Anglo-Saxon strain. So it's fair to say the W is... Which would be pronounced with a V. Yeah, so the French alphabet isn't particularly hospitable to, to the letter W, or double V. Look at it this way. established. Their, their word for yes is we, yeah. and they spell it with an O. But they call W, double, I'm guessing double V means double V. Mm-hmm. So they don't actually have a word for W. Well, nor do we. We have W. That's two U's. Yeah. Two U's are better than one. I, I think you're... Um, Although you're, you're never going to start a lambing farm if you have two U's. That's a very localised joke. I have a brother-in-law who's a farmer. You're from here, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> the French have farmers as well. We always see them on TV setting fire to their cattle. That's right. Or, or driving into McDonald's in the JCB. Yeah. Rural and they, heroes. And they don't look happy when they're doing it. They aren't happy. <laughs> That's happy. an interesting thing I found about French. Most depressed nation in the world. It, what? What about the Swedes? No, apparently not. 
Get the heck out of Have Dodge. you seen Sweden? Have you seen the Swedes? It's boring. But of they're course always, they're not depressed. They're always killing themselves. No, they love it. They're tall, they're blonde, they're beautiful, they're cultured, and they're always killing themselves. French melancholy is an established fact, and yeah, they are very, very depressed. Yeah, but the problem with the Swedes is, rather than kind of drink and Why are and you focusing songs, on the Swedes? Because I'm trying to point out, I can't believe the French are the most depressed nation I thought, I, well, I, Again, I, I, I thought it sounded unlikely. <laughs> um, because you know are you going to your big uh, box of facts there oh, I actually looked this up earlier yeah um, they are very very depressed was this on uh... they take more medication than anyone else in Europe for to treat depression is this, is this on mostdepressed.com yeah mostdepressed.com uh, which is another podcast I actually do on my own without Joe. Yeah, um, and he's mostly depressed. He, he, won't, he won't turn up for that. He finds it. He finds <laughs> that, it off-putting. That kind of adds a lot to of the, weeping and that kind of adds to that, that sense of existential melancholy. I'm like Saint Jerome and just beating my ribs with a stone yeah. for an hour. But let's get back to a French saint, Saint Joan of Arc. <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked about Joan of Arc. I just remembered what my first song choice is, but we'll get back to that. That's a foreshadowing. Oh, you know what? Yeah, should we do a song? Can we do a song? Even, well, even though it... Right. You, if you'll listen to us, you've, you've probably heard the previous podcast. I'm assuming you have, and you've come back from all very wise. Um, but we won't actually be playing the song. You can get it on our Spotify account that comes with this. Yeah. And I would suggest you play along with us and play it now. Yeah. Because we'll, we'll be listening to it in real time. You can be darn sure of that. You know we will. Yeah. So the, uh, the, the first song that I want to play yeah. is Joan of Arc by OMD. That was, hmm, lovely warm electronic tones of OMD. Tony Visconti said he'll never work with them again, but I quite like them. Is that true? Actually true, I've just finished reading his autobiography. Really? Why, would, why wouldn't he work? Because um, such a palpable tit. Yeah, as is Tony Visconti. Tony Visconti, needless to say, had the last laugh. He, he agreed to lay down some strings for them. Oh. It was in the 80s, he, and he admitted himself the 80s were a tough time for him. Every, whenever he didn't get the Let's Dance gig from Bowie, uh, things went downhill for a while. That's got to hurt. He ended up marrying um, May Pang, the erstwhile lover of John Lennon. That went up the tubes as well. Or down the tubes. It went through some tubes. What's wrong with May Pang? Uh, perfectly delightful, but it didn't work out. Okay. It's a shame for her. Yes, it was. But anyway... I'm lucky uh, in love. To get back to that, that, that was Made of Orleans. Not Made of Orleans, that was June of Arc. There's in fact two June of Arc songs. One of them is in parentheses, Made of Orleans. So you can choose either one to listen to. The one we've been listening to is just Joan of Arc. Just Joan. You don't leave the parentheses at home. Just Joan you of Arc. You don't need it. What other uh, popular 80s bands had a Joan of Arc reference, John? Keeping it in, know, keeping know, it in the exotic. Uh, hang on. Joan of Arc. Can't think. No idea. Well, now I know how Joan of Arc felt. Oh, yeah, that guy. Him. We don't speak his name. The M word. Don't use the M word. We don't this show. Around these parts. Not a fan. So uh, Joan of Arc, was she... Uh, Touched by God or touched by madness? Well, I hope she wasn't touched by um, the Archbishop Gilles of Burgundy. Are you aware of his work at all? Gilles de Ray. Gilles de Ray. Naggingly familiar. Well, Gilles de Ray was uh, a Grand Marshal of France. Um, During fought, which period? Well, fought alongside um, Joan of Arc. Um, oh, so not before the Second World War then? Sometime. This is before the Second World War, yeah. Going back a few years before. Um and uh, he was later revealed to be it was, it was back when you know Dois de Seigne was a big thing yeah. and, and you could probably go down to the village and sleep with the local virgins if you were the landowner yeah yeah. Uh, he took that to fairly large extremes I think the French invented that did they not? yeah they did that's why and to this French. day the first born son of the land will go into the village and ask the prettiest girl out on a date Aww. isn't that lovely 
Well, and if she doesn't say yes... Well, uh, we, we don't want to think about that. She better say yes. She just better say wait. Oh. Um, he turned out to have a big castle full of murdered babies and children. Oh, I do know this and guy. And be a, a, a terrible, evil bastard. And he was arrested, which never happened because he was a lord. Yeah. Um, and I think he was... His servants, because they were not lords, were certainly burned at the stake. But I think he may have been garroted before he died. He must have been the subject of some Tygon Hammer 70s horror type affair, was you, he? You'd think, but no. What? No. Um, but he was the original model for the story of Bluebeard. Mm. By the Brothers Grimwich Run. Might do an advert for my play in, in Edinburgh there. What that do you was, think? Was, what do you think? I should do one. That was I? just on a, on a sixpence. That's quite quite impressive. I've, I've got a I've got a play in Edinburgh this year. You should all go and see it if you're in Edinburgh. It's called Bluebeard's Ghost. It's very good. That's the end of the advert. You're looking disgusted now, aren't I'm, you? I've got a. I'm showing my teeth, but I'm not sure I'm smiling. Well, they're, 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 they're drying in the breeze. <laughs> layer of scum on my teeth is drying like, off yeah. it's like a chicken's foot in a Chinese <laughs> shop window that's terrifying um, he's not happy with that but he's going to have to let it go that's okay it's too late it's Lee, done now it's done uh, don't, don't edit that out Lee we well we'll talk we'll talk about baby needs shoes come on although to be fair if you're an Edinburgh that time of year it's probably worth seeing <laughs> that's, a, that's an endorsement isn't that, it thanks from your old stalemate can I, can I put that on the poster probably worth seeing <laughs> Jonah probably was take that to the bank possibly not shit um, speaking of shit, speaking of merd, speaking of uh, French insults, the French don't have a particularly good line in insults, do they? Are you kidding? I, I don't know. It's, it's, it just seems too poetic and too and too mellifluous a language to kind of fully. I know feel what you're something. saying, but it depends. Like, the Anglo-Saxon harshness. I see of, what you're saying. I think yeah, you're right in a way. They have a sort of, but they have pantagruel and uh, just the the long litany of French force, and, and also they have you know things like. Um, Oh god, I completely forgot. Uh, per Ubu, the Ubu plays. Oh yes, indeed. Um, so you know all this sort of green shit stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Kind of vulgar. But you're, you're right. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It doesn't have the oomph. It doesn't lend itself to kind yeah, of, you of know, Anglo-Saxon a good, sort of grunting. A good old-fashioned beration after seven pints. <laughs> what I like to call it anyway. Yeah, that's another good. Um, but I, I, I quite like that about them. That there, yeah. there would be malif- there was a, there's a great film called uh, Ridicule. Indeed, um, I actually bought it really? uh, on eBay. I was very excited. I couldn't find it anywhere. Bought right. it, got the DVD in the post, <laughs> and then there's, there's some irony here, listeners. Unwrapped it, stuck it in the DVD player. No English subtitles. The whole fucker was in French, and my French isn't that good. Let's be honest. Mm. So I, while I was looking at the nice pictures, I could barely get a handle of what was going on. Really annoying. It had German subtitles, Polish subtitles, and Italian subtitles. None of that was any good to me. So it's still sitting in my house. I don't know if you want to borrow my copy of non-English subtitled Ridicule. Yeah, my, my French isn't much better than yours, I would have thought. So maybe you should tell us about Ridicule, seeing as uh, I'm not, a, not in the position. But I have actually seen it in English. <laughs> so that's okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's basically about uh, people insulting each other and it being effectively sort of verbal jou- uh, jousting. Yeah. In, in in the court of one of the Louis, he'll be a Louis. It's bound to be a Louis. There was it's fourteen or fifteen of them, wasn't there? Uh, and and people used to live and die by their wit. Yeah, it was a choice uh, of minutes. It was it was a it was an extraordinary time. But only the French would do that. You can't really imagine anyone else. Oh, I can imagine that, that kind of doing flamboyant wit. Well, that that, that attempted puckish badinage where people are throwing you know mercurial quips at each other. It's a, people have been trying to do that for years. We even know people who try and do that. We went trying to do the that. Bloomsbury set to the Gloomsbury set. You, John, you, you and I 
are not made of that stock. <laughs> I'm not that, made of any stock. Wit stock. No. There's no wits here. Wits, they come three to the pound. They do. Two wits. To woo. We, don't, we lack the wit to woo. So we get back into that land of love, wine, and chanson. Okay. Chanson. Chanson. Well, actually, moving on from uh, what you were saying about uh, their language being um, beautiful. Yeah, and mellifluous. And mellifluous. Um, I'll probably do... Because obviously I always do a poem. Is it John's Poetry Corner? It's, are we going to do the song? John's, John's Poetry Corner. French style. Is that on top of Old Smokey we were doing that time? It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> horrible. <laughs> There's a close harmony. Go, 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 go again. Do it again. Okay. John's, John's Poetry Corner. We can do that one more time. Yeah, I think that's not <clears> there. <throat> Once more with feeling. John's Poetry Corner. French style. French style. Okay, so the poem this week is going to be a French poem. Thank God for that. Yeah, it makes sense. And of course, it's the poet Maudie himself, Charles Baudelaire. And this is a poem called Be Drunk. Natch. You're going to ruin my poem again, aren't you? I've just said Natch, that's it, that's yeah, me done. Uh, you've done for the... Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll... Let's not have another tall, cool store. No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is Be Drunk by Charles Baudelaire. You have to always be drunk. That's all there is to it. It's the only way. So as not to feel the horrible burden of time that breaks your back and bends you to the earth, you have to continually be drunk. But on what? Wine, poetry or virtue, as you wish. But be drunk. And if sometimes on the steps of a palace or the green grass of a ditch, in the mournful solitude of your room, you wake again, drunkenness already diminishing or gone. Ask the wind, the wave, the star, the bird, the clock, everything that is flying. Everything that is groaning, everything that is rolling, everything that is singing, everything that is speaking. Ask what time it is, and wind, wave, star, bird, clock will answer you. It's t it is time to be drunk. So as not to be martyred slaves of time, be drunk, be continually drunk, on wine, on poetry, or on virtue, as you wish. He said cock. <laughs> when did he say cock? He said clock. I thought he heard cock. I'm cock in the brain. That's why I sniggered. That's your hot take on Charles Baudelaire's I am, uh, that, That's all I've got. He said cock. That's all I've got. No, I will take umbrage with a few <laughs> things here. On, may I just point out first of all we were referring to the French language being a beautiful poetic sound language yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure in French it sounds a lot better it sounds quite prosaic almost well this is the thing um, about you know is is that the poem he wrote yeah exactly, exactly. we're, yeah, we're no. at the mercy of the translator exactly Can, is, it, is it true to say that if you don't speak the original language you ever get poetry I from a different language think you can, I think you've lived until you've heard poetry in the original ancient Babylonian that's not quite what I'm saying no it's true but, you know, the things that are going on there, it's like Serge Gansberg's lyrics. Everyone goes on about how brilliant and poetic they are, and then you read them in translation. Lemon incest. Mm. And, uh, yeah, exactly. That's like a shit pun. It's a terrible... Lemon incest. Yeah. And it, it, exactly, it's a shit French pun. Yeah. 
in English it's like doing... it's just lemon bloody it's citrus violence against members of your sexual violence <laughs> against members of your family um, the other problem I have with that is this awful pretentious attitude about being drunk on poetry no one gets drunk on poetry people get stuck on poetry bored on poetry slightly embarrassed by poetry uh-huh. I've been to too many open mic poetry slam nights to, 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 to be feel really you need to get drunk in order to see that poetry no, that's nice nice take I didn't expect this level of aggression to I'm guessing I'm, I'm feeling <laughs> quite hostile from? also I had the misfortune of looking at a picture of Charles Baudelaire earlier on which I like to do every Saturday morning yeah Damned he doesn't look the spitting image of that other hydrocephalic looking uh, character Edgar Allan Poe they both have strange swollen foreheads weirdly he was the French translator of uh, Edgar Allan Poe what yeah it's because they looked alike they Brothers, thought, but he does the, look a lot like him the publisher true, yeah. probably thought yeah, that'll do. <laughs> is that how is that how it works? That's pretty much. You how look it works. a bit. Like... <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're always getting asked to translate Stuart Lee yeah. into English. <laughs> it's never happened yet. I won't do it. You, know, you refuse. Point it, blank. Interesting fact about. Uh... No, it isn't. I can't even be bothered. But is it a fact? It is a fact. Do you want a fact? Shoot the fact. Right. Uh, Baudelaire had uh, a long time on again, off again girlfriend called Jean Duval. Uh, and she lived at 6 Rue de la Femme Sans Tetre, uh-huh. which is the street of the headless woman. I was going to say, Tetra is headless. Yeah. There you go. It's not It's not really of any use, but it's a fact. That's much more poetic than be, be drunk. <laughs> be drunk. Imagine everyone else doing that. Drunk. drunk! Yeah. Drunk! Right, okay, well, that, that didn't get yeah. the massive response. I thought it was uh, well, well, you know, I think it's time. But to, it did get a response. It, it, at least it got a response. And dead air is a and crime. I felt compelled to fill the air with, you know, anger. <laughs> with the sort of swearing that yeah, a, a Frenchman could never manage. And this is the other problem I have with the French. I, I, I will be the mitigating voice this evening to John's love of all things French. I, I'll be able to dampen that order somewhat. Um, French aren't all that. The French have this arrogance that the sense of, like, they are the highest level of civilization. They have this great idea that, that this deluded belief that they somehow represent you know, the, the ideals of the, of the French Revolution which frankly they don't you know this idea that the, the, their republicanism their poetry their art are all the great the great civilizers of our of, of our of our world mm. and, and the French are in fact colonially quite they were, they, were, they were quite aggressive they're quite racist um, their poetry as we've heard isn't always that good especially not in English and they don't do chilli sauce that was one of the reasons I didn't enjoy Paris. That's that's why I like them. It was all fucking mayonnaise. I think there's um a mustard. I think one of the reasons why they are now uh, one of the theories certainly about why they're depressed is precisely what you're saying. Yeah, that they they do have this uh, elevated sense, lofty of, kind uh, of idea of position. There's nothing wrong with having a lofty idea about where well, you it, are as a people. It, it kind of says of arrogance. You, but if you constantly are failing to achieve that level, yeah. I think it's going to have a detrimental effect on your mood as a nation. I agree. But, I, I but, think that's viable. I agree. But by definition, the French also, conversely, look at other civilizations as less civilized as barbaric yeah, every, compared to the every French. Every civilization does that. Yeah. Every country does that. I yeah. don't think you can pin that on the French. No, I don't, I don't think the French are unique in that. But let's not get all high and mighty about the French being this kind of the apotheosis of all things cultured and wonderful. Look, we're here celebrating the French. What's having, going on yeah. here? Having said, yeah. Well, who's to say we can't look at both sides of the French? Hey. The front and the back. Right, let's not look at the back sides of the French. <laughs> Come I have, on. I have been to a French toilet and I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Was it on a camping site? Come on. <laughs> Things have changed an awful lot since the actually, 70s. It was a Rudimentary old... plumbing has been introduced into the whole of the Languedoc region. I wasn't at a steakhouse that had a... Uh... You went to the steakhouse yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Be the several steakhouses in Paris. Steak and frites. Cremate them. <laughs> totally identifiable by the dental records. Turn that back and fucking cook it. But they preserve the original toilet. The toilet has this kind of... What, what can we be described as stirrups that you right. don't want to put your feet into? So that was an experience. Oh, it's, it's a, it's a, it was a squat and go. Squat and go. Squat and go. Okay. Well... I, you know, I don't mind that. Take two you bottles. Take, you take the, 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 the rough and the smooth. <laughs> you, you need to be do. drunk to get through it. But that's enough about French toilet paper. Okay. Should I, do so, another, should I do another French fact? I would love to hear another French fact. Okay. In France... That's a good start. Yeah. In France, you can marry a dead person. What? Yeah, I looked into this. It's like a nation of Mormons. But better. Uh-huh. Right? Um, I did look into this. You can marry a dead person as long as you can prove they wanted to marry you. <laughs> That's a big if. I I'm, swear. I'm, I'm I swear. No, you would actually need proof. Like Did you a, see the look like she was a, like giving me as she expired? <laughs> Come on. Can you get the clothes <laughs> this funeral? Oh, that's brilliant. As uh, long as you can prove. That's a, bit of a, that's a bit of a big ask. Don't cough. Live on air. Oh, sorry. You know. Um, aspirating. Sorry. <laughs> as long as you can prove they want to marry you yeah. and you get the permission of the French president. Oh, oh, oh Okay. Has happened. Happened quite recently. Who got special dispensation to marry a dead person? I think it was. I'm not sure about this. I'm, uh, so I'm paraphrasing. You might want to look this up. Yeah. Um, I think it was one of the guys who got shot. Um, one of the police who got shot in the Charlie Hebdo thing. Ah. Uh-huh. Um. Or it would have been one of those. So a national hero. Kind of, yeah. Um. But he wanted to marry his boyfriend, and he got dispensation with the president to do it. His boyfriend being dead. Yeah. Otherwise, that would have no. Oh, so it's like, so it's not a marriage; it's such as a posthumous recognition of a relationship. No, it's a marriage. Then husband and husband. Christ, I'd love to see the honeymoon. Well, pictures. No, <laughs> that's a different. You'd need a lot yeah. of permissions from the president yeah. for that. Why does a weekend that Bernie's spring to mind? <clears throat> well, that's the thing. Can you consummate your wedding then? If you're married, if speaking, legally, you have to consummate you're, you're, you're the wedding. You're obliged to, otherwise, yeah. it's not. It's not a marriage. So, well, once again, you prick the bubble of French arrogance (laughs) with your fierce logic. You're like a a Viking horde, aren't you? Descending on the Louvre. A Viking horde with a steel vice. Okay, well, that's enough. Let's do another song. Um, I'm still reeling from the fact that in France you could marry a a dead person. Didn't didn't the Nazis have something like that? Uh, you could you could marry your dead uh, soldier boyfriend, uh, and they used to have a wedding ceremony with the, with a helmet. With the corpse, with the helmet, with, the he- with his helmet. Uh, that's something. <laughs> Again, so something to remind me of the, the, the honeymoon <laughs> pictures uh, are not something I'd be interested in seeing. Um, so we're gonna have a song, my John. Yeah, it'll be uh, one of my songs. And what is we've had yours? What a joy it's going to be to hear this. Um, and I've ch- I've plumped for John. Mm. I've plumped plump for, away. Um, Nino Ferre. Uh, and Radia uh, with their 1974 tune Looking For You Wow, well that was quite a tune Thanks Joe, I thought you'd enjoy that Sleek and foxy Yes, with car noises Extra car noise Extra car noise, who doesn't want that Um, So that was Nino Ferret and Radia Fry who you would have seen Joe on the front cover in the nuddy she was full on nutty except for her glorious afro. Yeah. Which, again, was part of her body. So I noticed totally that, nutty. I noticed that her friend, uh, Nino, didn't feel obliged to take his clothes off. No, when he wouldn't. He is quite pasty looking. 
It's 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 not it's not a French Nielsen. Although you said he's not even French, he's actually Italian. But technically speaking, are you are you kind of uh, breaking with our French team here? No, he's a naturalized French citizen, or he was until he shot himself to death. Um, <laughs> he really made a go of that, didn't he? Yeah, this, this <laughs> sort of, it's sort of interesting the whole because a lot of those French albums from the time have yeah. naked women draped. Yeah. Across the covers of the Sarone albums, and then if you notice that kind of kind of spilled over, like so many French cultural things, it spilled into in a slightly more more kind of pedestrian way into English kind of culture with those top of the pops albums, yeah, and the like. Those compilations with a a, a slightly clad foxy woman on the cover, mm. but the French just went full on that, Billy Bullock naked. They do not care. He's an interesting guy, Nino. Um, he had a song. And this is it's from a different time. It was called uh, different times. Different times. He's old yeah, school. I believe, old school. I, I believe that's what David Lee Travis's defence was. <laughs> Those were different times. Those could have been anyone's hands. <laughs> um, he had a song called uh, "Je voudrais être un noir," uh, which translates as "I would like to be a black man." <laughs> Um, it was a positive thing. It's basically about all this soul solidarity, brother. Soul, like Wilson Pickett, yeah, James Brown. So it's kind of like it's it's like a tribute to 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 um Look, to, to, to black it's people. A, it's a clumsy negotiation yeah. to show some sort of in the uh, same way that blacking up here is a homage to black people. Yeah, I don't think it's the same thing. It's not really. Is I'm it? not even defending him here, really. Um, he has an amazing song on that album. That album's called uh, it's called Nino and Radia. And what does Radia do other than look resplendent? She sings. She's on. She's singing on that. Fair play to her. He's uh, given her a microphone. Uh, there's a, a fantastic clip, and we'll probably put it on the on the on the video. We Not probably video, will. What we call it the, 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 the website. Website. Yeah. website. We'll put it on there. I'm not. I'm not a favour yeah. of these modern terms. Yeah, John, stop getting newfangled things wrong. Um, there's a video. The VCR. We're putting it on the VCR. <laughs> do the thing. Um, there's a video of him uh, doing an acoustic version of one of the songs called Le Sud. Um, uh, with her dancing in the background, and that's it. Him, mm-hmm. him cross-legged on the floor with an acoustic guitar, and her in the background, just shimmying around. It's lovely. You just did a little two-handed flick there. I did do. <laughs> For those of you listening and not watching, you know, as if it was wafting away a bad smell. Indeed, indeed. And in what direction were those hands going? Well, those could have been anyone's hands. <laughs> Your Honour, DLT. Lord love him. Hold the mail. <laughs> um, right. So what should we talk about now? Have we expanded all our French facts? Well, we've got loads of French facts. We've got, we've got loads, French facts. Almost French facts. I've been talking a bit about, uh, and I know it's a big love of yours, John, French football. <laughs> but there are, there are more things to be excited about than French football than you might realise. Saint-Étienne, I know that. Well, Saint-Étienne for one, yes. Uh, that's it. That's the extent. Yeah, well, I remember asking Bob Stanley uh, if he knew anything about French football. Oh, you were a close personal friend of Bob Stanley. Yeah, I've, I've been known to have conversations with him, yes. Hi, Bob, if you're listening. Speed dial. Yeah. Bob, phone us. Doors always open. Mm. Love that English weather uh, album you made yeah. recently, but yeah. uh, it's no it's no good here. French weather, possibly next. Please, French weather. Mm. Um, before we talk about French weather, because that is an interesting point, actually. <laughs> is it? <laughs> I recently watched the um, there's a, there's a film which focuses on, exclusively on Zinedine Zidane, the great French footballer, uh, and it basically follows him around a World Cup game, and exclusively him. So it's 90 minutes of watching this man and his movements and his right. reactions and his counter reactions. It's beautifully French and it's strangely hypnotic. Doesn't he punch people? Uh, not in this particular film. No, in, but in, in general. He's yes. the Bruce Willis of but football. That's the only thing I know He's been about. known to get a little violent. Maybe you're thinking of Eric Cantona. Eric Cantona is no, the one he famously Kung Fu kicked. Everyone likes Eric Cantona. Yeah, yeah. He's a good actor as well. Yeah. But 
Uh, he is actually a good actor. Yeah, he is really good. Yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly good. Um, Looking for excellent take, take that, Vinnie Jones, you piece of shit. Um, but, okay, tell me about Zinedine Zidane. Zinedine Zidane's an interesting character in that. He, he kind of supposedly rep- represented uh, a very progressive, pluralistic France in the 90s when the French football team were the greatest team on the planet. Mm-hmm. They had Thierry Henry, Zidane, oh, like well. Didier Deschamps. Fantastic team, fantastic team. Um, but Zidane was interesting in that he was a Berber, so he's a North African uh, with who happened to be born in, in, a, in I think it was a Marseille in a French slum. Right. Although he was just white enough to be acceptable as a French hero. And this, the French had a lot of black footballers, but Zidane was like put up there. So I, what I think what's interesting about Zidane is those days are gone. This is 20 years later. The French football team is now rubbish. But there was a golden period where France had a sporting and cultural ascendancy, I think, and that was the 90s. Okay. And that's Cincinnati and coincidentally, we're at the height of their musical powers. <laughs> Bob again, if you're there, call us. I think you've just closed the circle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I feel like I've gone on holiday, Joe, because I don't know anything about this. This is yeah. great. Tell me more about Le, French football. They were, they were, they were called uh, Les Indestructibles. Really? Only, only, only in French. <laughs> Les Indestructibles. Uh, yeah. I'm veering into a low low there. That's quite good. Listen more, very more, more on that later. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I think one of my great touchstones, and I'm not a massive football fan, but one of my favourite footballing teams was that French football team that won the World Cup in 1998. And Zidane, being someone of of, of, of kind of racial liquidity, shall we say, represented I think, all, all that was best about France. Violence and all, because there is a bit of violence within the in the French nation. It was born out of violence. Let's not talk about Napoleon. That's an entirely different podcast on Napoleon. Am I right? Yeah, I think so. Let's, 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 not, let's not do a podcast on Napoleon. Really? Although, is that just one, one of my... Interesting friends. I'm never going to meet him. I know I'm never going to meet You're him. You're never going to meet Napoleon. <laughs> yeah, well, he doesn't come up to expectations, does he? Or height uh, well, measurements. Well, interesting fact: he was actually taller than average height for the time. For a Frenchman at the time, yeah. For the Frenchman, particularly. I mean, you're marking they, you're marking on a curve. Yeah, yeah. But the Frenchmen were particularly. Diddy is that the word? Diddy. That's. Diddy a, man? I think that's a different word here, that's, isn't that, it? Diddy. Ken Dodds. Diddy man. Uh, Diddy man. Yeah. Lots of uh, was it? Where did they live? Was Ken Dodd ever? Uh, Lotty Ash. Was Ken Dodd ever in, uh, interviewed by the police? I'm not as far, well about his taxes, yeah, but not, I knew not, there was not about anything bad. Don't worry, it was only he was only breaking the well, actually, the, the tax laws bad. of the land. Yeah. yeah, he should be paying his fucking taxes. Yeah, fucking Ken and Lester Pickett, Paris, um, Paris scumbags. But anyway, we're digressing massively. Speaking of the violence of France, I've got another French fact for you, Joe. Yeah, the first violence of the French Revolution took place at a luxury wallpaper factory. Do you know I'd heard that? Have you? Yeah. <laughs> that and, was news uh, to me until the Protesters morning. came flocking for miles. Hey! How does he do it every week? Take it to the bank. Every week there's one. <laughs> just one. Come on, that's, come on. That's this week's ghostwriting right there. That's, that, that's a peak. There will be more peaks to come. But wait for <laughs> but for now, a trough. We're entering trough. <laughs> yeah. now, now a long, protracted trough. <laughs> a plateau of banality. Well, I enjoyed that far more than I should have done, really. Well, indeed you did. You know. the, the French Revolution is an interesting um, topic of conversation. It, it's kind of all things to all people, really. Um, well, let's hope so, eh? Lefties like myself kind of enjoy the idea of, uh, you know, people throwing off the yoke of feudalism and oppression but what they did actually did was the French just reshaped that into their, a different kind of feudalism and oppression where the, the landowners and, the, and, the, and the, the, the merchant class became the new rulers god this is going down a very interesting direction but I think my point is the French Revolution is a very very romantic and complicated period in history 
but it has, it's never been better explained than in Carry On, Don't Lose Your Head. <laughs> uh, okay, so, I, I, I guess in Camembert. I, I, I think we can all get behind that idea. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I guess, I guess what I'm trying to get at is... That you're actually the black fingernail and you're about to reveal yourself. <laughs> I can't stop doing a bad Sir Jibs. Yes. Um... That's that's my Sid James as a woman voice. It's yes. I, I I guess what I wanted to really talk about is how French culture is perceived through the through the filter, the lens, if you will, of English and American culture. Yeah, from Inspector Clouseau to Carry On movies to cheese eating surrender monkeys to cheese eating surrender monkeys to a low a low. Yeah, to Papa and Nicole. I'm pretty damn sure the French took that and went, "What the fuck is this bullshit?" Or this murd, as I believe they would have called it. Uh, I think you're, I think there's something very interesting about looking at uh, looking at a specific country through the prism mm. of all other countries. Because let's ideas it, John, of it yeah. because it is basically a really lazy shorthand yeah. every time. Let me ask you, John, what were your first introductions <laughs> to the idea of of France and French culture? I imagine it was something like Inspector Clouseau. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm, well, or I'm, as you know, I'm particularly stupid, so I'm not sure I knew that uh, Inspector Clouseau was French. What the first accent? Yeah. I think that that went over my head slightly. Really? Yeah. You I thought just, he was, a, was a, a funny, funny sounding Basingstoke yeah. resident. Could have been funny. <laughs> I wasn't from I wasn't from Basingstoke then. It was from this was when I was a young man. You were a different man. But um, did I just belch on air there? Do you think that's oh. been picked up by the? the uh, hello. Uh, if you're listening, Lee, can we edit that belch out? Don't edit the belch out. If there is, if it's <laughs> there, and we, I would say we're, we're drinking some Czechoslovakian beer. Yeah. Uh, that we won last night. It's not thematically consistent, but it is because it was an Alan Partridge quiz and Alan Partridge had an episode dedicated to the French. Yeah. I find the link. Also, it's free, so that's why we're doing it. Um, As is the podcast. Enjoy. But yeah, I guess my first introduction would have been the Asterix books. Yeah. So, well, that's kind of... That is a direct French influence, I suppose, as opposed yeah. to... Although, again, the, the Asterix books were translated... From the original Incredibly French. well. They were very, extremely witty. Is it uh, Derek Go- Cananthia Bell, off the top of my head? A married couple? I think so. Um, maybe I'm Or possibly them. brother and sister, which makes it sort of weird. But, but if they're married, know. that's a, is that a French thing as well? Who knows? Well done, Derek and Anthea. <laughs> Many long, happy years together. Fingers crossed for that. But very, very, we were talking about translation earlier on. Very good translation. I, I remember I was aware of the wit of Asterix, even yeah. as a, you know, a 10, 11 year old. I knew there was something different about those books. I can only imagine do those jokes hold up in the French even I, well I imagine they probably are Derek and Anthony actually superior writers to Gusky to, to Gusky and Uruzu well again, again it's, it's an interesting idea as to whether or not um, it's even the same story I mean I don't know how would we ever know exactly. well, we'd actually have to learn another language to find out yeah. um, but it, that's my first but, but even without that, it gives you so much French history. It gives yeah. you so much European history. Yeah. It gives you uh, an idea of what people are like in different countries. Um, so they have their own jokes because it's originally French. They are presenting themselves in the way that they want to present themselves. It's a self-actualization of how you think. Yeah. So they seem not French. Yeah. They seem that they are themselves. They They're just normal people they doing different things. Gold. Whereas if you get... And then they, have the, they go to England... Yeah. And everybody's got a droopy moustache and yeah. drinks tea. And their leggings are like plus fours. Yeah, exactly. Think... <laughs> they're wearing tweed baggies. Um, and it's and then you go, ah, that's that's because we're foreigners now. There's some broad national stereotypical strokes yeah. in, in Asterix, but that's all, all, all the better, I think. Um, yeah. 
for a child learning to, to learning to delineate and disseminate between different cultures and races. It's like we are the foreigners. But there's a the thing. There's a the thing about feel, France but, specifically about yeah. the English. It's that the French are the most foreign thing. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. It, you know, the rest of the world starts at Calais, and it yeah. doesn't get any more strange and terrible than. And than I think that. part of it is because it is so close. That's, yeah, it's exactly that's part what of it is. the part of the thing about it. This terrifying otherness yeah. on your doorstep, you know. You can go to anywhere else in the world. I mean, the English secretly, even probably during the war, like the Germans, uh, because they understand the Germans. Blimey, of course they did. The, the, Germans sisters. Are, the Germans are more like, <laughs> like, like a, a more rational uh, version of what the English aspire to be. Yeah. It's that sort of thing, except we have whimsical jokes. Yeah. We are, um, we're loving your Mr. Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Daily Mail. Thanks, right Daily, Mail. Daily Mail. Yeah. Um, An organ of quality. Whereas the French could not give two fucks. And they don't care, and they're arrogant. Do fucks? Mm, do fucks? Do fucks? Um, and uh, they're sniffy, and they don't like the things we like, and they can't understand the things that we do, and we just... can't do any of the things they do. And by, by way, are you talking about the English? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm uh, and about what, uh, the French, of course, call the English le, le roast beef. They threw that yeah. back in your face as a kind of slight about your cooking, about your culture, about everything about you being slightly greasy and kind of. Yeah, there's a, there's a great book called uh, Beef and Liberty, which explores exactly by Ben Rogers, I think. Yeah, uh, that's not the same book as I read, which was called Liberty Beef. That's a totally different kettle of fish. Well, I don't know what that is. Liberty Beef. Do you don't want to? No, okay. Carry on. Uh, but it, it it does explain um, the entire history of basically a war of cuisines yeah. between the two countries. So you know, they, there's all these great cartoons from yeah. sort of, uh, the 17th century of, of, uh, of mincing. Pompid, you know, yeah. pumped up Frenchmen, beauty spotted drink, Frenchmen, drinking, yeah. drinking sauces and little yeah. soups, and all the all the men, all the men in England would like jumble, yeah. great big rolling jowls, eating entire sides of, of, of beef. And was this like from from an English perspective? Well, it goes both ways. Oh. So you you were getting basically both that their caricatures were exactly the same, yeah. but of each other. So yeah. it would be like the the English people in the French cartoons were like big fat pigs with red faces uh, and gout. And then, and, uh, the, and the French would and be the normal. returning broadside would be yeah yeah yeah. So, so it's, it's kind of jelly deals versus patty de foie gras. I know whose side I'm on. Yeah, and that's one thing I will give the French. I'll give them their food. Well, you Otherwise, like, they'd you starve. Like, you like their foie gras, do you, Joe? I didn't say I endorse the foie gras. I was using that as a, as a national, you know, oh, yeah. symbol of all things French and cuisine. How about how do you, you know I'm more of a steak and fruit man? That's, that's true. That's <laughs> true. What would you feel about Nautilan? Oh, what's this again? You know the Otlan. Is this the the birds? It's a tiny little bird yes, related they, to a finch. That, that they that they devour. They eat under a cloth, so they, God doesn't see them do it. They devour in what? Because it's the most disgusting, decadent, yeah, corrupt, yeah, uh, morally spurious thing of all. Yeah, apparently they taste great. Apparently that's what they hear. Francois Mitron had two the week before he died. <laughs> that's the French best. French gossip. That's the best fact of the day, by the way. <laughs> Okay, uh, if we were a TV show or a radio show, we'd say, coming back after the break, see if you know the answer to this question. Yeah. France on Meteor on two of them the week before he died. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy that too much. Um, should we do another fact? Hmm. It's a good fact, this one. Well, it has to go a long way to beat the France on I think it does. Okay. And I think you'll, uh, I think as an Irishman, and you sort of are. I'm a sort of Irishman, yeah. yeah. The reluctant Irishman. You, you'll be, <laughs> you'll be uh, appalled by this. Oh. Um, from a big already <laughs> yeah I just, I just stalled there um, 
Potatoes were illegal in France between 1748 and 1772. Oof. Might have been a bit racist about the Irish. Though. Was there a reason for that? Uh, I don't know. I haven't looked any... That one I haven't... Backed it up at all. Yeah. That could be just rubbish. Potatoes may have, may as well have been illegal in Ireland from 1857. Too, too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Don't go there. God. Yeah. Um, they love litigation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is there a reason? I'm, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to guess what the reason might I, have been. Guessing, but I imagine it's something to do. With I'm guessing it's something to do with tax laws. Trade. In the, in trade the wars. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah. I imagine um, something, to, something to do with the, with the English king, and he was an English king. Putting trade embargoes or trade tariffs on potatoes coming from the uh, yeah from the new world. Can we find out after the show? We'll get the producer on it. Get our producer on it. Can can you, Graham? Graham, if you're there, Graham. Welcome back, Graham. By the way, where have you been? <sighs> we had to get our own beers, Graham. Thanks, Graham. We, Graham, we had to win our own beers at a quiz. Yeah, that's how. What a sorry pickle it's come to. So, um, do you have any any further kind of information around that fact? I don't know. That's a bold state. It's a bold and bold state. Well, John, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to very quickly go to my portable producer here. Okay. Well, should I give you another fact while you're, you're waiting there? Uh, is there anything here I can actually... Um, I'm, putting in, I'm putting in potato banned France and seeing what comes up. Good luck with that. A potato banned France. Okay, one more fact. Go on. Uh, in France, you are automatically an organ donor unless you refuse ahead of your death. Ah, See, I think that should be mandatory or mandatory here as well. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Because I keep forgetting to get an organ donor card. It'd be much easier if I didn't need to get an organ be, donor card. Yeah, it'd be great if you kept forgetting to refuse. Yeah, yeah shit, I've forgotten to refuse. And what, exactly. kind of, and what kind of actual asshole would refuse? Yeah, now they're going to harvest my organs. Imagine going out of your well, way. Well, a religious one, there's probably some sort of religious But imagine thing. just going out of your way to refuse giving organs. You have no religious kind of prejudice against it. Imagine just going out of your way. You're such a horrible person. Like, I'd like to sign up for a non-donor card. <laughs> what about the hang on fundamentalist Christians who yeah I, I understand believe that. they will be physically transfigured on well, the day well they're insane they're insane and they don't, they don't wake up and find their kidneys are missing you yeah, know I'll give them a bible because they're, they're clinically insane it is uh, a kind of madness that kind of religious fervour it's a kind of madness oof blending Suggs and Freddie Mercury for the first time ever how is that Suggs where's the Suggs it's a kind of madness oh right <laughs> focus in no but that's I yeah, like, I thought for a horrible second I actually sounded like Suggs I was fighting well, you know <laughs> this your David Bowie voice does sound a bit like Suggs there's a lot in it yeah I no, do your Suggs voice I bet that sounds like Bowie what does he sing what's Suggs sing? <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, thank you chances thank you chances <laughs> thank you chances buzz 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 there you go <laughs> Boys keep That's swinging. quite good. That's, I can do songs. <laughs> He's a kind of low sibling yeah. burr. It's like it's like a gift for me. <laughs> it's a stroll in the park. So it is. Empty round the ready rub. So potatoes were illegal in France. Um, are we still? Let's not let's not get bogged down in this. There's actually a lot of information here. I'm trying, trying to boil this down. Farmers considered the vegetables strange and poisonous. <laughs> Well, going as far it's as related to deadly nightshade, so it is. Going as far as claiming the potato caused leprosy and other terrible diseases. This is why it was banned in France. The potato was only given to French farm animals. And even the poorest starving peasants were afraid to eat them. They were afraid of the potato. The potato was a scourge across the land. Fear of the potato. The French government was so concerned about the ill effects 
that the production and consumption of potatoes was eventually outlawed by the French Parliament in 1748. Potatoes remained illegal, I never thought I'd say that sentence, potatoes remained illegal to grow and consume in France for many years until a medical army officer named Antoine Auguste Parmentier was captured by the Prussians during the Seven Year War with England in 1771. Wait, one last... This is a lot of information. Whilst imprisoned, Parmentier and his fellow prisoners were fed only potatoes by his captors. Right. The final taunt. And to his surprise, he noticed no ill effects. No leprosy. (laughs) As noted by his government, and learned that their perceptions were in fact false. When he returned to France, Parmentier wrote a thesis on the benefits of the potato. (laughs) And they were soon legal. And he went around the country championing the potato until the law was repealed. So, uh, yeah, but Antoine Auguste Parmentier was the liberator of potato in France. When you think about it, though, um, their marketing must have been interesting because they're still called pommes de terre. They're, they're, they're apples of the John, earth. You've dug up a nugget there. Well, well, I just had a thought. Maybe that's why they're called that. Because clearly they're not apples. But if you tell someone, oh, it's a yeah. soil apple. They've rebadged it, you They've fool. They've rebadged it. <laughs> They've rebadged the potato. Come on. pinning around the country for potatoes. I think that's it. I think that's why they call pommes de terre. That's exactly it. Not only is this entertaining and informative, it's also educating. Yeah. We're educating ourselves all the time. All the time. Every step of the way. It's a learning curve with you, John. It is. Every time. Right, Joe. Yeah. It's time for another song. It is. Off you go. Oh, it's my turn. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, seeing as you're going for the more esoteric and indeed indigenous musical output of France. Actual French songs, I yeah. thought I'd take a, a bit of a, 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 a detour down the road of 90s indie pop. You might be surprised to know. Oh, dear God. Or is it noughties? I can never remember. the time. It was such a long time ago. Oh, if it's what I think it is, it's the 90s, yeah. I'm going to be playing next New French Girlfriend by The Auteurs. What could be more French sounding than that? Want a girl to hold my hand when the plane lands, when the cracks appear in the plan and rocks turn into sand, better call my new French girlfriend. That was New French Girlfriend by the auteurs. You, we both met Lukens. We have both met Lukens. Various yeah. states of... Uh, Inebriation. Indeed. Uh, I, had, I had a very pleasant evening with him in Belfast drinking. Very catty man, but very, 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 very amusing company. I had an unpleasant evening with him. And did you meet him Spread Eagle in the Urinal? No, it? it was in the Spread Eagle in Camden. See, I, I, it just takes a simple misunderstanding. Yeah, I think that's what the problem was there. <laughs> um, he wasn't scoffing the toilet cake. Have you finished with that toilet cake, Luke? <laughs> <laughs> toilet gâteau, if you will. Um, gâteau le toilette. Gâteau le toilette. Um, right, okay. Um, so, so, I don't know, are you done and dusted with your French facts? Have you got any more French facts or fancies that you might want to fling uh, in, in got, my I, face? You know, I've always got more. If you want more, I've got more. Well, maybe one. One more. One, okay. one more delectable morsel. Let me just go back. A soup song, if my, you will. Yeah, okay. Let's go back to my... <laughs> it's dismissed with a, a sneering okay. Go on. Um, what have we got here? Uh, da, 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 da. From 1814 to 1830, the flag of the Kingdom of France was plain white. Oh. So they took away the red, white and blue. They dismantled the tricolour. And they... That's just playing into people's hands, isn't it, really? Oof, we can dream, John. We can a white dream. flag. Come we on, dream. Come on, guys. Um, oh, you see, I took... You went straight for the cynical French's cheese-eating surrender monkeys. I thought, the white flag of peace. Oh, did you think that? That demonstrates our two mindsets very clearly. I'm a very cynical man, as you and know. And I'm a very open-hearted and, and optimistic individual. Well, you are You are that, except when I'm reading the poetry of Charles Baudelaire. Well, that just turns me. That just that kind of... I, I, it's like um, It's like a full moon for me. 
I, I kept my arse in check. What are you talking about? Ooha. Ooha. <laughs> kept my arse in check. Not familiar with the with the rhymes of Buster Rhymes. No? I kept my beer in check. I kept my arse in check. I get my well, it would be very good if you could see it was Czech beer. I think we've mentioned it's it a Budvar. They were the original Budweiser. We should probably get some funding from Budvar now. For Did we, man? Mm, the, the smooth, crisp taste of God, Budvar. It's delicious. Mm, hoppy. Do we, we mention that we won this in the Alan Partridge pub quiz last night? I think we might have done at the Black Box. So, John, tell me this: Have you seen any French movies recently? <sighs> Not really. No. Yeah, of course I have loads. That's your worst scene. What? That's your worst scene. Any lazy topping. What's uh, un lump de sucre? Yeah, for Dobbin. Poor, poor for. I don't know what French horse would be called. Chergard. Chergard. What? French that, means, horse... that means dear God. Yeah. Well, I think a French horse is generally called burger, isn't it? Um, Filet. Okay. Well, you had to go there, didn't you? No, horse but... eating surrender monkeys. That's all you think about. Well, 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 hang on. They do eat horse, and it's not considered to be a moral outrage, there, is it? No, it's a, you go to a charcuterie, you, you get your horse, your, your, your bit of, of horse. horse. Yeah. Why wouldn't you eat a horse? I, I could eat a horse right now. But I don't understand it. Why is there a weird. People are, it's a cultural thing. I mean, people just, are strange about no, this. It's, They're it, quite it, happy to eat a, a lovely horrible. cow. Yeah, yeah. And the same way that... You they, and your steak and fritz, I tell you. I'm all over that. And potatoes. I'm not averse to a potato or two, let me tell you. Despite the leprosy. You can stuff that potato bun. Mm. Um, it, it's a cultural... In, in, in the same way that, 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 that we're morally outraged, shocked that people in certain parts of the world would eat, might eat dogs or might eat insects. Yeah, I don't get that either. It's it's purely cultural bias. Yeah, it's and, cultural and cringe. What, you know, oh, oh, I'll eat these animals, but I won't eat these animals. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Because they're all animals. We've arbitrarily decided which animals we find yeah. acceptable to eat. And, and as I said myself earlier, I will only eat anything that resembles me or is at least loosely related. And by loosely related, I mean you know mammalian. I don't mean like a second cousin or a great aunt. I just I just thought of a terrible insult, but I'm not going to do it. Is it too much for for the podcast? It's too much for the podcast. Well, you can tell me afterwards. I will do, yeah. Okay. You'll be very insulted. It'll be great. Can't wait to hear that. Should we wrap this up now, Joe? I think we've done France. I think the French have been well and truly done. Yeah. Routed. I have been. I mean, I do say, I would say that there's a few things we actually we could have spoken about. But time's firm, remorseless arrow has bent oh, itself. I think you're going to say time's firm... Guiding hand. I was going to say, I was going to mix my metaphor to such a degree that I don't know what I was talking about. Time's firm, unyielding arrow. Time's furry marrow. Time's juicy, time's juicy arrow has <laughs> sailed away from us <laughs> once more. Actually, no, I'm intrigued. What are you going to talk about? What sort of things have you got? Well, I, I can't believe, as so many things in life, I always remember after the event, but yeah. The City of Death, one of my favourite Doctor Who stories, um, firmly, squarely based in Paris, the Louvre, Julian Glover, who we were talking about earlier, only the man, he might have been James Bond, mm. but his hairline was too high for my liking, but he played a great Jaggerith. He was a great Jaggerith. Jaggerith looked like um, a load of spinach with an eyeball in it. Yeah. In, or, a, in, a, in a designer suit. Or if, for the, the more esoteric amongst you, Peter Straker wearing his Mavellan wig back to front. <laughs> um, Catherine Shaw was in that as well. She was? Yeah. Uh, no she's one, a fancy piece. She's a handsome... Handsome woman. Handsome piece, can you say? Handsome I don't piece? think you can say that, no. Um, Not in these, these I can say, times. in parody, the guy who played Bulldog Drummond, or Bulldog, whatever his name happened to be, was a handsome piece as well. He's a, he's a good guy, that guy. I can't yeah. remember his name. I've got a feeling it's Peter. Was he the pilot in uh, The High Life? Air Scotia? I don't know what that is. It's a comedy, he's The 90s with Alan Cumming. He's in the stone tape. 
No, gets, no, I know who you're thinking of. It's yeah. not him. No, no. Similar. Yeah, very, very similar. John, I do believe we're doing what's known as digressing. Oh, we're digressing horribly. <laughs> okay, well, um, vive la France. Vive la différence. Um, I still love the French. I love all of them. I love their orneriness. I love their cussedness. I love their food, their cinema, their art. I love France. I wish I lived in France. It's a bit big. Um, but And I wouldn't like the job of painting it. But uh, Van Gogh did that already quite well. What about you, Joe? Uh, I've learned a little more about France this afternoon. I've learned to love the French a little more. I've learned to think that fraternité, égalité, and the other one, eternité, is it? Um, Décolleté. Décolleté. <laughs> I've learned to think that these things aren't just words. They're, they're also French-sounding words. And what, at the end of the day, what else? What, what else could you want? Well, okay, I think what we should do now is clink our wine tumblers and say... Is this a a, a sturdy Bordeaux? It is a sturdy Bordeaux. Um, Salute. Salute. Top Sante. And top of the morning to you. (laughs) 